Amen. You can find your seat, please, if you would. Uh, one of the one of the reasons why I love that song so much. What a what a beautiful name it is. Um, when you when you look back in the Old Testament, um, they would not say God's name Yahweh. They, they 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 were so intimidated just by this idea of how powerful God was um, that they they rarely would even say His name. Um, and in our salvation. In Jesus Christ, through the gift of salvation we have from God, um, over and over and over again, we're told to say Jesus. We're told to live in his name. We're told to act in his name. We're told to pray in his name. And it's just such a beautiful picture of what it means to be um, one of God's children, um, is that um, in generations while God was working out his plan on earth, where one generation just, they feared him so much they wouldn't even hardly say his name that in a relationship with God, a right relationship with God, we get to say his name all the time because we know him. It's just such a beautiful truth. I really appreciate you being here today. Uh, we are in a very short series. We're taking a little bit of time out from our, our, our study through the Gospel of John. Uh, so we are just outside of that, uh, and we're in a, a, a small series we're calling The Power of Thanks. Uh, there's many things that I am thankful for. Um, one is this amazing phenomenon right now because it's getting ready to go from 2019 to 2020. And all these people are posting the decade difference pictures of themselves. I just want to say thank you. I'll be honest with you, I've had some low points in the last couple of weeks. And it's been some of these split frame pictures that has brought me great joy into my life. <laughs> now with that being said, you will not find one that will appear on social media of me unless someone else does it. Because I will not create a picture, a, a, just a split screen of myself 10 years ago and then today. I'm just struggling to deal with today, right? <laughs> I don't need to look back and find and think about what, what, I, what I used to have or what I didn't have or whatever it was back then. Um, this morning, one of the great, one of the, I, I don't have just major changes in life. I have millions of small changes in life. Uh, for instance, this morning as I was turning on my microphone pack, um, when, I, when I used to speak places 10 years ago, uh, I didn't think about stuff like this. But now, when I turn on a microphone pack, I look back to see who did I just flash with my love handles. Like, who, who is behind me that now has seen um, the glory of, of this chunk of me that now exists and stuff like that. So, um, you know, ten, the split screen 10 years ago, that, that Derek didn't have that. Um, so we're just... We're just living in the now. But you please feel free. And in fact, encourage your friends, ones that you go, you know what, it would really make your day, Derek, to be able to see them, you know, now from 10 years ago. Please encourage them. Post these pictures. Some of us are really relying on these over Thanksgiving. So thanks so much for what you're doing. We're going to be in this um, today again in this, this Power of Thanks um, small series. And um, if you weren't here last week, I, I would encourage you to go back and listen to God's Word from last week. Uh, because we began last week looking at how God inspired Paul to write to us in Colossians, um, not just in that time, but in now, how this attitude of gratefulness and this thing of thankfulness is just, just completely woven into the life of a Jesus follower, the life of a Christian, a believer. And how if we try to live our lives outside of that heart of thankfulness, we're not going to live a life that's really accurate to who God wants us to be. Um, when In just that one chapter, we saw how um, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness, even if it's not aimed at other people, if it's just at least aimed at God, um, it opens up our hearts to relationships with other people, even the impossible people that we don't necessarily always want to deal with. Um, it, it helps us to be excited about 
this journey in Christ, this, this season, the seasons of growth that we live, when, when maybe it's just new information that we've, we've received, or it's, it's good counseling. It's, it's wisdom that somebody else has poured into our life through what they know to be true out of God's word. And, and in that, we've grown. We've really grown in the truth of who Jesus is. And we can be excited and thankful for that. And we also saw how it, how it intimately connects us to God our Father and the conversations we have, and the life we live, everything that we do. Now, we also looked at three really functional ways that gratitude works in our lives because it is a really a grace gift that God gives us. We talked about how it reduces worry and stress. Now, I know you're super relaxed people. You're, you're not like me at all. You, you could take extra worry or stress, I'm sure, on most days, right? Yeah, maybe not. So, um, Thankfulness, a heart of gratefulness will reduce worry and stress. It replaces sin. And it also, as we looked at in Psalms, it, it telescopes God for us. It helps us to see clearly the enormous, powerful God that we live for and we serve and we are protected by from the circumstances and the place that we stand. Sometimes we feel like we can't see him clear enough. But we talked about how that word magnify means that, that telescoping magnification of who God is, the the, the bigness of God seen clearly with where we stand in this world. So today, we're going to go from that into how a grateful heart voices itself. Because in the Bible, we're, we're told how there's a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude, but it also comes back to this thing of there's also a voice, a message that comes out. So I want to start by giving you four things, and I'm just going to kind of just shotgun these four things at you. would encourage you to read a little bit more about them out of the passages, but we're called as Christians to live like Jesus, talk like him, act like him. So I want to, I want to kind of give you four things that Jesus was specifically thankful for. He said thank you in these scenarios, um, and, and I would challenge you to go back and read what went on there and really see the richness of what God brings out to you about what, what he was really specifically thankful for, because... Many times I think we, we get off base with thankfulness when, like last week I told you, we, we force our children and people to say thank you. Thankfulness isn't the force that we have over people. Also, I think we, we get off track with thankfulness and gratitude when we, when we anchor what we're thankful for in things that can go away too easily. And, and what we're thankful for needs to really be anchored in an unchangeable um, and holy God that loves us. So four things. Um, in John 6, we've already actually been there in the Gospel of John. In John 6, Jesus specifically gives thanks, is thankful for, not, not the thousands of people he fed, not the leftovers, not this thing of fullness. He was specifically showing thanks for the few loaves and fishes that he had prior to doing what God sent him to do. And so uniquely, we see Jesus in his life that we can live in a similar way not have to wait for God's abundance or his graciousness or some miracle to say we can be thankful for the, for the meager when what we really need or want is much. And this gratitude that we can have, just trusting it, that God will take what we have and what is there and do something with it. In Luke 10, Jesus is thankful for something that almost sounds a little bit just a smidge offensive. Um, he says specifically that he's thankful that God hides the truth from those that are lost, but reveals it to those that belong to him. Now, in one sense, we're like, well, man, that, like, that seems unfair to be thankful for something like that. But Jesus consistently 
said things, did things, and showed that there was a clear difference between being lost, not knowing God, and being saved, being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So part of that was Jesus' thankfulness to say, there is this assurance in our relationship with God. When God is teaching us, even if it's in a difficult moment, when he's just teaching us his truth, that that comes with the assurance that we do belong to him. And Jesus is thankful for that. He's thankful that people can not get the big picture or the small details if it helps them know that they need Jesus. He also is specifically thankful in Luke 22 for the elements that he handled concerning the Lord's Supper, communion. He, he gave thanks for the bread and the wine that was there that symbolized a sacrifice that he had not yet made, which puts into perspective that Jesus knew what was coming was not going to be easy. But because it was God's work for him, he was able to be thankful as he communicated that to other people. Being consumed with what's ahead, based on what Jesus shows us, doesn't have the power to truly rob us for being thankful and gracious in the moment. And as a Jesus follower, that's a huge opportunity to minister to those people that are around us and even have God speak to us in our own hearts. The last thing is this in John 11, and we haven't quite got there um, in, our, in our study of the Gospel of John yet, but, but Jesus specifically says thank you to God for hearing him. In the context of the scenario, this is when Lazarus, one of his best friends, had passed away. Jesus showed up angry. He was angry at death because death is just a result of sin in this world. And he was, he was angry at it because it was causing pain. And it was a righteous anger. He had a right to be angry at death because he eventually is the one that's going to defeat death. And as he saw the hurt in the people's eyes and, and knew the hurt in their hearts that he loved them, and even he in his own heart was grieved over what people he loved were going through, even Lazarus, what he had been through, Jesus said, God, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for listening. So to live like Jesus is to simply just find thanks. Not in everything's worked out and the hurt's totally gone, but just saying, God, you hear me. Thank you. That is walking in the steps of Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to see a few more things this morning. I, wanna, I wanted to give you that to, to look at this week, but specifically this morning, we're going to be in Psalms 107. So if you bring your Bible, Psalms 107, uh, shoot for the middle. It's, uh, it'll look like Psalms if you're not real familiar with the spelling there. It's the silent P that gets, gets all of us Christians. Um, if you scroll through it on your phone, again, look for the P, scroll to the right place. Um, Psalms 107 is the beginning of the fifth section, and probably in your Bibles or, or on uh, your device, you'll see that it's the beginning of the fifth division of Psalms. Psalms is divided in five sections, and God inspired that because if you look at the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, um, if you look at the first five books of the Bible, Psalms in five sections mirrors the, the journey of the children of Israel and the work of God through those five books. So as you go into this fifth section of Psalms, it has a specific beginning because, because the tone really changes from section four to section five. And in section four, I mean, I'm sorry, section five in, in Psalm 107, we're going to read some things today that they are really going to call us not just to a heart of thankfulness, but it's going to do it in a very unique way. The first three verses that we're going to read set the tone for the whole psalm. After we read those first three verses, we're going to read about four examples that God gives us to say, basically, 
there are some people on earth that, or there's some people on earth that are like, or have gone through, and then there's some blanks that are filled in. Psalm 107 is not meant to be just an exhaustive cover, everybody in, in specific details on the planet. But I really believe you're going to hear some things that are going to spark a connection between what you hear and what your life has been that God's going to speak to you about. Personally, I'll be quite candid with you, I found myself in all the examples. I could see things from my life in all these examples. Psalm 107 is going to begin and end with the same main core subject that we're supposed to anchor our thankfulness in. Remember I talked to you about we need to really be able to anchor our thankfulness in something that is substantial. And it's going to anchor it into one specific thing at the beginning and the end. Verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. It's his faithful love. That's what's at the beginning and the end. You and I could define faithful love many different ways. And we've probably been in specific circumstances where we've, we've heard faithful love really talked about. Um, one of the ones that I always think about, um, whether it's a ceremony that I've done, a wedding I've attended, or my own marriage, um, many times you hear this idea of faithful love communicated in this specific way, um, in, in the good or in the bad, uh, better or worse. In other words, faithful love in a marriage relationship it is supposed to be just as loving when someone is driving and they totally botch directions. I did that yesterday on the way to get our Christmas tree. It was a horrible, scary experience in the backwoods of Virginia. Um, I went to places yesterday that, um, that quite honestly scared me. Um, they, they weren't playing banjos. They didn't even have banjos. They were playing air banjo. It, it, was, it was frightening, to be honest with you. But it's supposed to be faithful love and patience in those moments. When, when, when everything is burned, dirty at your house, or your kids are acting like the spawn of Satan, right? And you realize, these are, I created this? Like, what, what is this that's going on in front of me? Like, it, it's supposed to be there. When, when someone is, um, is struggling or whether they're in a good mood, when finances are great and you're buying all the stuff you want, or you, you don't know how you're going to pay the total sum of bills you have coming in. We call it faithful love because it endures, it lasts, it's always present. And in Psalms 107, that is not just a characteristic of a part of God, that is the characteristic of God. So it endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim. Um, I memorized this as I grew up as, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and the south. What is a thankful heart? What is the thankful heart of the believer supposed to proclaim on the platform that they have, whether that platform is a lunchtime conversation, a stage, um, a, a work environment, a home environment, whatever it is, in a community, wherever. What is a thankful, a grateful heart of the believer supposed to proclaim? That Jesus and Jesus alone has saved my soul. What was my life like before him? What is my life like now that I have him? That's actually the simple equation that our, our teenagers get taught when they go to summer camp. That's the simple equation that they get taught on a regular basis just how to share their faith with somebody that they know, a friend at school. As believers, that's what we're supposed to proclaim, that, that Jesus has redeemed me. Um, we were born with an intended purpose. Ecclesiastes tells us there's this gap inside, inside of us that, that wants God, that wants eternity. But it feels like something that needs to be filled. And many of us go in search of filling it on our own. It's the thing we look for called satisfaction. Our intended purpose was to know and give God glory, 
to love him and be loved by him and be in relationship with him. But because of sin, we're, we're away from our intended purpose. So we're supposed to be brought back to it, and we're brought back to it in the free grace gift of Jesus Christ, God himself on earth dying for your mistakes and mine. That he redeemed us. Our purpose was to belong to him, but it didn't continue that way. So he didn't just have a part in creating us to where we should have been his. He went to where we were and said, nope, I'll get you now full payment. You belong to me. We're supposed to let people know this. We're supposed to talk about what was the journey like going from not knowing Christ to knowing him. What's the journey been like from struggling and having tough times to what he's taught me and shown me since? From going through this to now standing here in his grace. What have I learned? What's the journey like? That's supposed to be our proclamation. Now, here's a few examples that the Bible gives us that many of us will be able to see ourselves in. Some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. For he has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with, a, with good things. It, the Bible says this, that there are, some, there are some people, maybe in this room, maybe the one standing on stage, that had desires, wanted something. It might be different. The, the thing that we wanted might be different. For me, it may have been acceptance. For you, it might have been protection. For some people, it was self-esteem. For some people, it was financial security. It, it can be a ton of different things. It could be about relationships or not about relationships. But our desires were so strong that we went looking for the fulfillment of them. We went to look for the thing, the person, the whatever that would say, okay, if I can get enough of this, it will fill that hole that I've got and I will be satisfied. I feel complete. It, it, it will last, hopefully. And what the Bible says is, is that for those of us that have ever looked for something or someone to, to feel something, that we end up all at the same place going, that didn't last. That was not what I expected. That was not what I wanted. And I guess that's not what I needed. And out of that moment, we can cry out to the Lord and say, help. God, help me. Rescue me. And it says that, again, what's his faithful love doing? It's ever-present. It comes and gets us. And it restores us. And it, and it says it doesn't just bring us to church. It just, 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 just get us to show up for a service. It says that, that, that it satisfies us, the thirsty and fill the hungry with good things. God's not just about pulling us out of the fire. He's about restoring our whole soul. Giving us what our heart always wanted but never knew exactly what it was. Others sat in darkness and gloom. Prisoners in cruel chains. Because they rebelled against God's commands. And despised the counsel of the Most High. He broke their spirits with hard labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out for the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. 
He brought them out of darkness and gloom, and he broke, them, he broke their chains apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and wondrous works for all humanity. For he has broken down the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. He said, look, there's some that just find themselves in a dark place in life. They're depressed. They're anxious. They're nervous. Um, they're, they're, they're giving themselves to self-pity. Um, they, are, they are content. They're satisfied. Or, or they're at least not motivated to move from a place to where they just kind of stay in, in, in a season of darkness. And for some of them, it's because cruel things happen to them. And they just don't believe that they can live a life that's any better than what they've lived. And, and they've just gotten so used to being there that it just became the hard work of every day. And maybe, just maybe, if in some ways we figure out how to work a little bit harder, it might break the pattern, but we find that it never does. And in their cry for help, and God searching them out, specifically, I like the way it phrases this, for he has broken down the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. You know, many times I've found in, in, in being connected with people, it's not often the people that will willingly throw up their hand and say, yes, I'm struggling. Much of what goes on are people that look so good on the outside. There's bronze gates, but the gates are up to keep people out, to keep the truth of God out, to keep the encouragement of the Holy Spirit out. Because they just don't know how to not live like they've lived. And how to think like they've think. And it says that Jesus, for these people, he's got to get in there and he's got to break change. He knocks down gates. And he says he has to bust through the iron bars. Because when we build walls, many times this is how we build walls. We build walls strong enough to keep most people out. Because we don't believe that most people will try hard enough to love us enough to get through to what we need. And inevitably what happens is, while we build those bars, while we build those walls, a byproduct of, this, of that is, we don't just close ourselves off to other people. We actually move ourselves farther and farther away from what sounds like the voice of God. And God doesn't accept that. He stays ready to break through those things. And for those people as well, it says, give thanks for what God's done for you, for what he does for anybody. Just give thanks, give credit. It says that fools suffered affliction. I, I told you I found myself in all of them. I found myself in this one that called me a fool too. I didn't like that at first. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loathed all food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his works with shouts of joy. I know what you're thinking. You're telling yourself, no, look, Derek, we listen to you. We know how you talk about yourself. You're not in this because it says that these people hated food. And it is true. I don't hate food. But if you think that's what it means, we're, 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 off, we're off with each other here for a second. These people that the Word of God is talking about are people that have ended up where they are because of willful sin they've chosen. 
And the food is the nourishment that God wants to give, the help he wants to give. As it says, that the, the healing with his word, the good wisdom from God's word, that's saying something true and honest, and if I take it and put it to use in my life, it will actually repair, restore, and heal some things and cause me to have hope in the future. It, it, will, it will have a curing effect to my life, but I stay sick because of sin. I stay where I'm at because of sin and because of those choices. It says for those people, when they cry out, when they realize how much the Lord is paying attention to them, it says that, that they are supposed to be thankful and to celebrate it. Others went to sea in ships conducting trade on the vast waters. They saw the Lord's works, his wondrous works in the deep. He spoke and raised a stormy wind that stirred up the waves of the sea. Rising up to the sky, sinking down to the depths, their courage melting away in anguish. They reeled and staggered like a drunkard, and all their skill was useless. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. They rejoiced when the waves grew quiet. Then he guided them to the harbor they longed for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them exalt, magnify him in the assembly of people and praise him in the council of the elders. It says, listen, also some, they, they went to work. They went about their lives. And they were good at it. They were skilled in their professions. They could handle problems. They could manage people. They could do whatever it was that they needed to do on a regular basis. And, and they, they were successful in it. They might have made a really good living off of it. They had some legitimate skills that they went and put to work. And as they did that, they looked around and they saw evidence. Yeah, God's alive. He's real. He works. I mean, there's things that I get that, they, like, I didn't start this. I didn't create this. They're generally observant that God is there, but, but they're so content with their own measure of success that they really feel like they have a sense of, of control. They are, they, they are a captain on a ship that is making money from catching fish or doing something, and they feel like they are in control when they're ignoring the fact that they are simply riding on one of the most powerful forces on this planet called water. And it's exactly what God made. And because their success has been at least moderate, they feel like they got a wrap on life, like they got a handle on it. But then it gets a little rocky. Something happens. And all of a sudden, they become intently aware of how out of control they are. One phone call, one email, one meeting at work, one I need to talk at home, and whatever it is, it absolutely shakes everything. And, 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 where, and where they're left is, I thought I could control it. I clearly can't. So it's this feeling of I have nothing to do right now. And, and they feel like they're almost just trembling. They're staggering around like they're not even in control of their own body because they are shaken to the core. And what does it say God does? He responds to their cry of help. And he goes in and he, he works in their heart. And he also works in the situations of life. He, he, he does both. And it calls those people, when you realize the control that God has, and you start to lean into him, and that, in fact, is part of your rescue, man, be thankful. Proclaim that. Talk about it. Say it. Be honest. In front of everybody. As you, as you keep reading in Psalms 107, it talks about kind of how God works, but universally how he works. 
It, it's, it's an unbelievable passage, and, and it just acknowledges so much of what he does. But it wraps up this way. It says, let whoever is wise pay attention to these things and consider the Lord's acts of faithful love. Now, for all of the pictures that Scripture paints for us this morning about the, the, the individual journeys that we might have in life and the things that might characterize my story or your story, of all those things, it says, if, if you want to be um, wise, if you want to make a good decision, consider what's gone on in your life. Think about the circumstances. Think about what could have happened. Identify clearly what God has done. And then proclaim that. That's actually wisdom. Because it's, it's foolish to ignore it. It's foolish to not take time to really recognize it because if, if we, the more we become unaware of what God's doing, the, the less that we really notice what he is saying to us. And we all say that we want to hear from God. We want to know what he's, what, what he's talking about and what he's doing. But sometimes we forget that it takes intentional effort to stay and find that place in him. So it says, take notice and, and proclaim. So I've, I've tried to do a little bit of that this week. And, and, and you know what I, you know I kind of came to? Um, my first look, 2019 has been a little bit of a tough year. There's been some things that I've struggled in in this year in ways that I never have before in my life. In particular, um, in, in, in the area of anxiety and depression. Unlike I ever have in all before my life. Um, like creating things in my heart, finding myself getting tests run because I'm fearful of what's going on because I just, I can't handle things. And a lot of it was just what was going on in my mind because I wasn't submitting my thoughts fully to the Lord. I didn't have a situation that, that he was, that he really, put a, a, a medicine on this planet to help me with. For me, for me, just me, I can only talk about me. It was, it, was, it was the lordship of my mind. And that struggle didn't just, boom, oh, okay, I know it. Ah, it's fixed. No, I mean, it was it's, it's day to day to day to day. We've had some personal loss in our family, people that have, have, have left this world. One of my best friends We had to bury him a couple weeks ago. And we've been frustrated with him because the decisions that he's been making. Because the simple reality is, for me and one of our other friends, as we sat there and talked, we acknowledged clearly God used this individual in, in our personal calls in the ministry to pastoring. There's nobody in, my, in this world I've ever seen to be able to preach like this guy and love like he could, and have fun like he could. And we, we sat there, and, and as I thought, I, I said, you know what, God, i, I got to be thankful for the relationship that you gave me with this guy. But also i got to be thankful because we acknowledge, we learned some of the best lessons in ministry, but we also, thankfully, by the grace of God, were warned about things in our lives that if we didn't pay attention to them, they could go just as south. I did not want to bury my friend. But man, I'm thankful for him. And I'm thankful that I can believe fully by evidence from his life, no matter his struggles. I believe I saw the evidence and conviction. I believe he went and met Jesus. 
So I am, no matter my tears, happy for him. And I'm thankful for so much stuff. I'm thankful for the growth I've had this year, spiritually. Now, some weeks, it did not say, if you heard me talk to God, it did not sound like a thankful conversation, I promise you. It sounded like a, a kid who was disrespecting his dad. Might have been. Because I'm, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the growth. I'm thankful for the wisdom people poured into my life. When, when it came to just thinking about my friend, I, I became aware more of people that God has put in my life over these last several years that I just got to have enjoyable conversations with. They've been a blessing to my life. Brad's one of them. That I, I wasn't that close to when I was hanging out with my buddy David. But since all that went, I've had great people in my life that have just been fun to hang out with and encourage and brothers in Christ. So I got to say thanks. And I got to say thank you to God for allowing me to still be breathing to give him glory for what he's doing. But I don't just want to take my opportunity and what might be my platform to say thank you. I want to give you a chance to say thanks. As you look back at just what you've seen and gone through in your life, as you've observed your journey, um, Dale, if you, if you guys would come back up, uh, we're going to end the service a little bit differently. Um, one of, I know it's not a song that's very easy to find. I actually asked Dale about it the other day, and he told me, he kind of laughed. He said, yeah, he said, if anybody wants to actually hear a version of this song, they probably, they pretty much just have to come to church when we do it here at yeah, because it's it's a it's a tough song to find. It's not not many recordings of it, uh, but it's a song that our praise band leads us in um, so well, which is thank you. Um, it's an older hymn, so we're gonna um, we're gonna do that as we close the service. Um, but I want to take time to pray, um, and I want to encourage you um, to take your opportunities on your platform, whatever that stage is, whether it's at home, at work, in a friend conversation, social media, whatever it is, I, wherever you see yourselves communicating something. Consider what the Word of God has said this morning. See your life. See what He's done. Even listen to what He's saying to you now. You may be at the front end of the details of one of those stories, calling out to God now, or even getting ready to call out to God. But at any moment, you can consider any of it. Also look for an opportunity and see your opportunity to share it. Someone will be blessed. But ultimately, God will get attention. He'll get credit and glory for what he does. And that's what we want to do. We want to point people just to Jesus, just to that name that we get to say and use and live in all the time, not one that we can't mumble across our lips.